Well, I'd also add my welcome this morning on this uh, Lord's Day, this Thanksgiving Sunday, for you here this morning in the sanctuary and those joining us online. We trust that uh, you'll be blessed as you uh, continue to participate in our worship. Would you turn in your scriptures to the Gospel of John, the Gospel of John chapter 13. Gospel of John chapter 13. do well to, to uh, open your own scriptures, whether it be on in the Bible or on your device, because I'm pointing out some things I think that it's important for you to see for yourself, and that my words may not convey them quite as well. Gospel of John, chapter 13. But please join with me first as we pray. <coughs> The word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. You have established your name and your word above all things. Father, open our eyes that we might see the glorious things contained within your scriptures. Most of all, help us to see the glorious one who is revealed in the scriptures. Holy Spirit of God, that you would glorify Christ through the word. That you would bring us to a place of joyous thanksgiving for your mercies and your grace. He who has ears to hear, let him hear the word of the Lord. For this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I've recently taught on this chapter, John 13, and I purposely left off the first three verses because as I did my work in this chapter, I was compelled to think that there's a great message here for Thanksgiving Sunday. So this morning I'm only going to take a few minutes, but we're going to focus on verses 1 to 3. Please follow along as I read. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During the supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from the Father and was going back to the Father, and then to finish the sentence, rose from the supper. Please look carefully at the text you have in front of you you'll see immediately there are two time indicators. There are clearly identified two time indicators. The first in our English Bible starts right in the first one. Now before the feast of the Passover. 
So John is making a statement about something or events that took place before they actually gathered at the supper. And then in verse 2, the second time indicator is during the supper. So I want you to notice that at the beginning. John is setting up something here. He's doing something intentional by indicating, first of all, a statement about what took place before the Passover, and then most of the chapter has to do with what took place during the Passover. Verse 1, then, is a transition from all the events that took place at the raising of Lazarus and, and Jesus' interaction with the Jews in the synagogue. John is now in his story of Jesus transitioning our thoughts. He's sort of doing a summary of what happened before the supper and then he's diving us into what took place during the supper. Verse 1 is where we're really focusing. So let's look at it again. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. I want you to notice here something. That within this one verse, there are three tenses of time. Three tenses of time. The first is a statement of the present. Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart. That was right then. As in ever-increasing awareness from the raising of Lazarus, Jesus was aware that that hour that he had come into the world for was now approaching. So that's the present. That's Jesus in the present, knowing that the hour had come. And then there's a statement about the past. Having loved his own who were in the world. That's past. And then there's a statement about the future. He loved them to the end. He loved them to the end. Jesus is now gathered with his disciples knowing the hour had come. That's his present frame of mind. And John records that in the future, from here on in, what is going to be evidenced in the life and the ministry of Christ is loving his own to the end. That prefigures for us the cross of Christ where he cries out to the Father, it is finished. All the events that take place from now until the cross is loving his own to the end. But it's the past statement that I'm really wanting to focus on. So notice how we're in laser focus. We're, we're coming from the big picture of three verses down to just one clause. The past. The statement of the past that John writes is having loved his own who are in the world. 
That's the statement that ought to grab our attention this morning. I want you to grab the significance of this. John is writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He has just written 12 chapters that accompany, that, 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 uh, that uh, describe nearly three years of Jesus' life. Everybody with me? Twelve chapters that cover three, a span of three years of Jesus' life. And John's summary of those three years is less than ten words. Having loved his own who were in the world. Now I promise you, men and women, that if you had come up to me and said, Pastor Jim, could you describe the life of min and ministry of Jesus in his public ministry in, in, in a ten-word sentence? I'd probably say something like, authoritative teaching and miraculous miracles. How would you summarize what you know of Jesus' life and ministry in ten words or less? Looking from the time of the wedding of Cana to meeting the woman at the well to feeding the 5,000 men, it's all the way through to the raising of Lazarus. Three years of public ministry in Galilee and Judea. How would you summarize that? I promise you, you wouldn't have summarized it like John. I don't mean that to be mean-spirited. But I promise you, the Christian church does not think this way. This is profound biblical thinking. Inspired by the Holy Spirit himself. Twelve written chapters of John's story of Jesus. Three years of going in and out of towns and villages, teaching and preaching. And John summarizes the entire earthly ministry of Jesus in this public teaching in these words, having loved his own who were in the world. My five or ten minutes of meditation here is not going to cover this. You need to go home and toss and turn in your beds and think this through. It's, somebody might say, but Jim, in John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world. John now interprets this for us. The reason Jesus loved the world was to take his own out of the world. Do you see this? The reason Jesus loved the whole world so is he could take his own out of the world. I've, I've preached nearly 60 sermons already in the first chapters of John, John 1 to 12. And I could have never, never thought to summarize the ministry of Jesus this way. God's love for the world has one purpose, is to take his own out of the world and love them. 
Those he took out of the world, he formed into a new community, a new covenant community, a community that is called the church. He loved the world that he might take his own out of the world and form this newly formed community of people that we get to gather around the Lord's table this morning and celebrate the fact that Jesus came to take us out of the world that he might love his own. I hope I'm not stretching the text too far. But I think at any point on the continuum of Jesus' life and ministry, even through to today, you could ask the question, what is Jesus doing? And the answer is still the same, no matter what point in time we're at. He's loving the world so that he might take out of the world his own. For a brief period of time, as I was studying and contemplating this text, as I moved along that continuum of line, I thought that someday I, and you who are in Christ, you who have put your faith in Christ, all of us together will someday stand before this exalted Savior. We will close our eyes for the last time. We will take the final breath for the last time. And when we open up our eyes, breathing again, there before us will be the Lord Jesus Christ. And we will fall at his feet and glorify his name. And we will look at the nail prints in his hands, the scar on his side, and we will say, you have loved your own who are in the world and you love them to the end. Every trial will be vanquished at that time. Every tear will be dried. Every heartache will be healed. And the only thing you will remember, possibly, in my sanctified imagination, is Jesus, you loved your own to the end. That will be the standing, eternal thought in your mind as it was in John. Knowing that the hour had come when he would leave this world and go back to the Father, John looks back over three years of ministry and says, having loved his own who were in the world. And then he looks forward to the cross and he says he loved them to the end. Will you join me as we pray?